church and happy December. We're so excited to celebrate this Christmas season with you guys. Would you guys stand and worship with us?
deliverer.
Hallelujah. Lord, we worship. We worship the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to the everlasting one. Glory unto you, O Lord. Hallelujah. 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 We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We set aside the thoughts that clutter our mind. Thoughts of worry, thoughts of fear, things that bombard our mind. We set them aside, oh Lord, and from our heart. Ah, hallelujah. We just choose to rejoice in you. We choose to worship you. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to the name of Jesus. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name above every name. Oh, we honor you. We glorify you. We worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be your name. Your mighty name. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I want us to just take a few moments this morning. You know, everyone looks so beautiful on Sunday and every day. But we never, you never know what people are going through. You never know. Many people are going through many different challenges and things. And the best thing that we can do for each other is to pray one for another, to be strengthened by the power of the Holy Ghost, to be strengthened by the Word of God. So I want you to just find one or two people or yeah, I don't I don't know, but somebody you need to be you need to be by somebody and just lay your hand on them on their arm or on their shoulder. We're going to pray one for another right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pray one for another. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we're just so thankful for one another, for the love of God, for all that Jesus has done for us. And we pray, we pray that you strengthen these that we are, are touching right now. Strengthen them, oh Lord by your spirit give them wisdom give them direction give them guidance that from their heart would bubble up the word of God that they know bubble up hallelujah arise within them to encourage them to speak to them lead them and speak to them oh Lord by your word and guide them by your spirit hallelujah 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 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Right now, by the presence of God, we speak strength, we speak healing, we speak peace in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you for your great love wherewith you have loved us. Blessed be your name, O Lord. We honor you. We worship you. We thank you for your presence. You never leave us. You never forsake us. <laughs> we may not know what tomorrow holds, but we know that you are in our tomorrow. Hallelujah. <laughs> and all your promises are in our tomorrow. All your word is in our tomorrow. <laughs> so we take no thought saying, oh, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we do? We take no thought because, Lord, you never leave us. And you will be there to provide and take care of us. Hallelujah. 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 Presence of Jesus. Presence of Jesus. We just speak healing. Healing in Jesus' name. The top of the head to the soles of the feet. We receive it, we believe it, we rejoice in it. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Our Savior, our healer, defender, our friend. Oh, we worship, we worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless your name. Bless your name. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah, why don't you go ahead and sing? Yeah. You reign above it all, you reign above it all. Over the universe and over every heart, there is no higher name. Jesus, you reign above it all. Let all of heaven and the earth erupt in song. Sing hallelujah. once in church and then actually somebody said something to me about it uh, recently but sometimes you know you might think oh my uh, it just seems like and I know many people have this in our church it just seems like I'm just attacked with one thing after another one battle after another and you know I had felt this way and I didn't really say these words because I knew not to say these words but I meditated on these words I'm tired of it I'm, I'm tired of the attacks. Oh Lord, when are the attacks going to quit? Because I need a break. I just need a break. Yeah? Well, I wasn't getting a break. And then you know what came in my heart? It was actually something Pastor Mike preached. I don't remember what it was right now. But anyway, he said something that jogged something in me. And then I go, you know, I'm thinking about this wrong. The Bible says, you know what, in, in this world, Satan is the God of this world. And we're going to have to fight the good fight of faith as long as we're living on this world. world. It's living in this world on this earth. We're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. That's just the way it is. And we're going to not have to fight that fight of faith when we get to heaven. There will be breathers here and there. There are. Even Jesus, remember, after he was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days, what happened? The angels came and ministered unto him for a season. He was ministered to. But here's what the Lord put on my heart. Don't, don't, med you know, don't think on that. Oh, if I could just have a break. No, rejoice that you've been given the name of Jesus. 
Rejoice that the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Rejoice that he will never leave you or forsake you. Rejoice that his promises are true to you. And I'm telling you, if it feels like we are going to fight, and you know, the devil knows his time is short. So there is intensity in the world. There's intensity in the Middle East. There's intensity in the church. There's intensity in our lives because the devil knows his time is short. And so what does he want to do? What did Pastor Mike preach on for such a long time? He preached on perilous times, strength reducing times. Often the Lord has given him things before they happen to prepare us. But then it comes and we're like, ah! There's intensity on every level. And we need to look at, like, look at it like this. Thank God that I have the opportunity not just to hear the word and sit in church and I hear the word. Or not just to preach the word or share the word. No! We get to live the word of God. We get to live what it is that we say we believe. We get to live it. That in spite of everything that's going on, rather than say, and I was, oh Lord, I just need a break. I'm thinking in my mind, I just need a break. I really need a break. It's one attack after another and it gets harder and harder. And I'm telling you, the day that I switched my thinking and I started saying, thank you, Father that you have given me authority. Pastor Mike has preached on it. You've given me authority. And even when it feels like I feel weak, doesn't mean I've lost my authority. I saw something the other day that somebody said, if you're still standing, it just shows the devil hasn't won. It just shows the devil hasn't won if you're still standing. And so we don't sit down and we rejoice. Thank you, Lord, for the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God. Thank you, Lord, for the promises of God. That even though it seems everything is swirling negative around me, I get to live the word of God. I get to live it. Not just talk about it. Not just theory. But I get to live it and I get to prove it out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let us not be weary in well-doing. Let us not be weary. But let us be strong in the Lord like never before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor Mike preached for a long time. Now I'm preaching this morning. I'm so sorry. I'll make an announcement short. He preached. What did he preach? What was I going to say? <laughs> oh, well, it was good. Whatever it was. That I, it was good. Uh, hold on. Oh, well. Just say, praise the Lord. I love my pastor's wife. Even if she forgot what she was going to say. Amen. That's enough. Praise the Lord. We love you. We are strong in the Lord. Hallelujah. Deception was what he was preaching on. What did Jesus say about the last days? The first thing was deception. Deception on every level. Deception in politics. Deception in culture. Deception in the church. Deception on personal levels. I see it in so many ways. We must cling to the word like never before. Be committed to the word of God like never before. Be committed to one another like never before. Hallelujah. Okay, now I'm done. Praise the Lord. I say, praise the Lord. I'm so glad.
<laughs> She's done. Okay, before you're seated, why don't you uh, hug on several people or shake their hand or pat their back, whatever it is that you like to do. And then after you've done that, well, then you may be seated. And to those who are worshiping with us today on Facebook and YouTube, we're so glad that you've joined us. Thank you for worshiping with us. Jesus. Amen. If you're worshiping with us today for the first time, we're glad that you're here. Please fill out a connect card in the seat in front of you. And if we can ever be of help to you in prayer or any way, you can communicate with us that way. We're going to remind you we have a great big event that's coming up. We talked about it a lot already on December 17th in the evening at 6 p.m. from 6.30 till 7.30. Uh, an orchestrated Christmas. Um, Leon Lacey was with us last week. And for those of you who are here, he's a, he's a beautiful brother in the Lord, isn't he? Amen. And so uh, be sure to join us for that event. Uh, there are flyers at the information center. Please take one of those flyers and um, share it with, uh, with others. Invite a neighbor, invite family, invite some others to come with you. People that aren't born again, I've invited numerous people and um, still still working on a few. And um, so it's a, it's a good outreach. Uh, people come and hear what uh, the Christmas season is all about. Amen. You can get your tickets back at the information center after the service today. Uh, or you can also um, uh, get them online at the church website. And you see that little code in the corner? See that little black and white little QR code? Ryan, he's a master. He designed all that. Anyway, you can just point your phone at that. Can they do it? Could they even do it in here? Maybe. If you're a really good aim, you could actually point your phone at that. It'll take you straight. Try it. Oh, look, a few people are trying it. Does it work that far away? We have it. We have that little code, you know, on the corner. We have those uh, banners. And so the community that passes, all they have to do is just take that little, take their little phone and they can buy a ticket right as they're passing the church. Did it work that far away? Oh, it did. Excellent. Wow. Look at everyone. Look at everyone trying it now. We are so with it. I'm telling you, we are just so with it. Anyway, thank you, Ryan. Master Ryan. We appreciate that. Master Ryan. Um, and then we're just going to remind you, uh, in the bookstore, we have a, a sale that's going on. I want to talk about two different books very quickly. One by Rick Renner. Um, if you're not familiar with his ministry, we have numerous of his books. So solid, so good. Uh, just, I'm sure you're familiar with him. But he has a, um, a devotional book called 365 Days of Increase. And we have it in several forms back there, hardcover, etc. And so um, all the books are 20% off and no shipping, <laughs> no shipping charges. And, um, and then here's another one that Rick did. Okay, this is like if you, it, this, this book will choke you. 
but it's so good. It's on apostles and prophets. And uh, there are uh, some small books out, but this is very comprehensive on it. You know, there's a lot of people nowadays who walk around and they call themselves an apostle. They call themselves a prophet. And... Um, I'm not saying who, and I'm not thinking of anybody particularly in my mind right now, but the Bible has some specific things to say that people who are apostles and prophets, what that looks like, what are the qualifications, how are they used, what is something scriptural, how, how, how some are either false apostles or false prophets, and how to recognize them. Rick goes into all that in this book. So we encourage you, there we have great books in our bookstore, take advantage of it and give the word this Christmas. And then um, we're going to have the, uh, the ushers come, please. We're going to take up our offering. And um, I forgot this last week, uh, but uh, as we do every year, uh, we take up during the month of December a special offering for orphans. And, you know, the Bible, we started doing this numerous years ago um, because the Bible is really clear about, about where we're supposed to give our extra money. And it talks about taking care of orphans. And so we have two orphanages that we, uh, that we uh, regularly support. One is in Nepal and one is in the Philippines. And then additionally... Um, every uh, year, uh, one of those we've supported for like uh, New Life Christians Home in the Philippines. Have we supported them like 30 years or something? A long time. Preci precious people there. And then um, we also give toward Terry and Rennie Mize's orphanages they have and are associated with many orphanages around the world. So you can either, you could just write on your offering envelope. This would be over and above your tithes. This is an offering. You would write on there, or you could write orphans and then we'll just split it up. Or if you want it to go specifically, maybe you have the Philippines or Nepal or Terry and Renee Mises on your heart. If you designate it to one of those three, we will send your offering exclusively just to that one particular project. So we will be receiving um, special offerings for that for, during the month of December. And before we pray, um, I'm just going to read two scriptures. I read this last week, but it's so good. I'm going to read it again. Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. And then Proverbs eleven twenty five: A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will also be refreshed. And so, Lord, we worship you today with our tithes and with our offerings. Hallelujah. We do it to honor you. We do it to worship you. We do it in obedience unto you. Make us, a, thank you, Lord, that you make us, a, a, you bless us so that we may be a blessing. Hallelujah. Thank you for abundance and no lack. Thank you, Lord, for providing for the families of our church. In Jesus' name, amen. Till the Son of God appears. 
Amen. Amen. Let's make our confession. This is our year of Jubilee. We expect manifestations of the Holy Ghost in power. We believe for financial miracles and miracles of healing in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to start this morning in Ephesians chapter 6. Paul has written this letter to the church at Ephesus. It's the largest church in the world at that time with over 25,000 members. And the book of Ephesians is um, the most concise record we have of Paul's doctrine and the operation of the church. So he's closing up in verse 10, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. He says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high or heavenly places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the word of the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. These scriptures go back a long way with me. They were there was a time after I first got to Bible school where I was acquainted with someone who was obviously a strong Christian. Brother Hagen was the first person I ever heard that in his teaching put different scriptures together. I grew up in a Southern Baptist church and mostly what took place in that church was preaching and the pastor of the church was a, a gifted evangelist and so every Sunday morning service was the same. It was about Jesus dying on the cross and an invitation for sinners to come to the Lord. So when I got to Bible school, it became increasingly aware to me how little I really knew about God, how little I really knew about the Word. 
And so these scriptures added something to my life as a beginning point or a stepping stone. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. One of the great revelations I received was that being strong in the Lord was a choice. This word strong is a combination of two Greek words. The first word means in or into. But then the second word is a form of the word dunamis, which speaks to explosive power. This word dunamis is the word, uh, the source of the word that we know of as dynamite. So Paul is telling, and it's not a suggestion, it's a command. He commands the church, the most famous church, the most well-known church, the biggest church. He commands those church people to whom the letter is addressed. He commands them to be strong in the Lord, to be strong in empowered access. And the, the fact that it uses the word that means it, um, explosive power identifies to us that God has a purpose and he has a need because his power is designed to need a container Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Being strong in the Lord is a choice. Folks, that, did, that went crossways with everything I'd ever heard about in the church I grew up in. The church I grew up in, and I don't mean this to be critical. I'm assuming everybody did the best they could. And the foundation for doing that best that we could was a, a, a belief that God was in charge of everything, that if he wanted something to happen, he would make it happen. And if something didn't happen, it was because he didn't want it to happen. Well, that gives very little foundation for faith. Because when you're making the decision, is this something God wanted to happen? And is that why it, it took place? Or is this something God doesn't want to happen? That's why he's not answering our prayers. 
Faith begins where the will of God is known. But being strong is a choice. And it's a choice that will determine whether or not the devil will have victory over you or you'll have victory over him. It all comes down to a choice. Man was created to be God's container or vessel of explosive power. I know sometimes we read in the Gospels and we see miraculous things take place. And Jesus makes no big deal about it whatsoever. Jesus performs a miracle. People are astonished. They start asking him questions about how this happened. And Jesus asked them why they're so amazed at this. I believe a part of it is because Jesus understood that man, all of mankind, was designed by God to be a container of his explosive power. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Notice what it produces. Put on the whole armor of God. That must be a part of being strong. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. This word wiles means traveling. And it's telling us that the devil has one way, one thing to use in his attacks against you and his attacks against the church worldwide. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the trickery of the devil. Deceit is the only, the only road the devil can travel. We know that Paul wrote to the churches and he wrote to Timothy and he wrote to tell them about end time events. He told Timothy that the last days would be perilous days. But then he talks about the things that people would do. He talks about lying. He talks about fornication. He talks about deception in, in various forms. There's something that happened a couple of years ago in 2010 
I'm sorry, 2020. The pandemic started in the early part of that year and it proceeded to include Well, I need to find a better way to say this. When Paul wrote to Timothy about perilous times and difficulties in the last days, he listed things that have been sins in every age. For example, he talks about how the believers will be overcome with, with selfishness or attacked with selfishness. But haven't people always been selfish? He writes things that were known to them as signs of the last days. And I think one thing that we've experienced a little bit of back in 2020 is that the same things that the devil has always done it's the only thing that he can do. But in the last days, it seems like that his work carries a greater power than it used to. I think the reason for that is by and large because believers don't know why they believe what they believe. In some cases, they may not even know what they believe. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in higher heavenly places. So being strong in the Lord is in part the way that we do battle with the enemy. Paul tells us that our fight isn't with flesh and blood. That's pretty interesting coming from a man who was persecuted by the Jews in such a way that's greater than anything that we could imagine. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. So what he's talking about is a progressive knowledge of God's word that keeps us safe from the 
attack of the enemy, the evil one. Notice there's a preparation that's necessary before you get to the place where you stand against the devil. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Now folks, how many Christians do we know of that really aren't doing anything to pursue growing, developing in spirit, or preparing to stand against the devil and his attacks? I wonder how big a percentage of Christians in the world that we live in have done or are doing anything to prepare themselves to stand against the increased efforts, the perilous times, that Paul wrote to us about. I don't know how to even estimate it. It's certainly not the majority. But what are we, what are we working with? 10%, 20%, and 25%? And whatever that number is, that percentage is, puts us at a disadvantage worldwide. The Bible says that Jesus is coming back for a glorious church. I have to assume that that glorious church is in part a church that's doing the same works as Jesus. But one thing that we know for sure is that these displays of power that are available to us don't just happen in and of themselves. So we are to take upon us the whole armor of God that we may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I want to read to you from John chapter 8, 
Jesus is speaking to the multitudes. And he's identifying his work here on the earth. John 8, verse 28. Then said Jesus unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you shall know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. I want you to notice that in verse 28, the word he and the word that are in italics, which means that the translators added them for us, trying to help our understanding. You'll have to judge for yourself whether or not it's successful. But I want to read through this without the words in italics that are added. Then said Jesus unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am. And I do nothing of myself. But as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. Folks, that's one of, if not the most direct examples of Jesus telling who he is. Jesus is saying, I am. That's a reference to what God told Moses when he sent Moses to deliver the people of Israel from the land of Egypt. Moses says, who am I to say sent me? And God answered and said, I am that I am. So here Jesus is saying that he is that a part of I am, meaning that he is joined to the Father, meaning that he is the Son of God in heaven. And then he goes on in verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Folks, notice the difference that God, Jesus, is placing on believers and disciples. I think we've got a church full of believers. But the disciples are the ones that have a hunger for God's word and are preparing themselves to stand against the work of the enemy. Then said Jesus to those who believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So the truth, the source of truth is the word of God. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now we just read in Exodus, Ephesians rather, chapter 6.
that if we put on this whole armor of God, we may be able to stand against the deception of the enemy. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in higher heavenly places. So the armor of God, putting on the armor of God is required. if we are going to operate and effectively stand against the deception of the enemy. But then notice the fight that we're in, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in higher heavenly places. Notice the battle. The wrestling we do is not with flesh and blood, but the forces behind that operate in the unseen realm. I want you to look with me to another verse of Scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now here he's talking about a spiritual battle in his letter to the Corinthians. Just as we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But in verse 4, it tells us God's armor or weapons for the spiritual battle. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That word carnal means earthly. They're not natural realm weapons, but they're spiritual weapons, and they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, a lot of people talk about strongholds and ways to pray against the enemy and all kinds of different things like that. But I want you to notice that the strongholds which just simply means fortress. The pulling down of strongholds has to do with the operation of the mind. Casting down imaginations, that word imaginations means reasonings. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. The road that the devil travels the one road that he travels is deception. Now, how is deception enabled to hinder us 
for to defeat us. It's the battle. It's the the battle that's taking place in the mind. The mind is the battleground when it comes to spiritual growth and development. Whatever problem you and I have, is primarily due to what we think. We make bad judgment. That's ineffective. We say or do things. that are not in our best interest and fall short of what Jesus purchased for us with his death on the cross. But if we continue in the word, we know the truth. The truth comes to us by revelation The devil lies to us about who we are or who we are not. He lies to us about God. One of the reasons that healing is so controversial, physical healing is so controversial is because we've allowed ourselves to be taught year after year, decade after decade, we've been taught that God doesn't have the same will for one person as he has for all. And so we develop an attitude or a position of unbelief when it comes to what Jesus purchased for us by the shedding of his blood. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, what are the weapons of our warfare? Well, primarily, the greatest weapon we have is the Word of God. And by the impartation of truth, Our reasoning, our understanding changes bit by bit. 
James chapter, I'm sorry, John, the 15th chapter, verse 7, says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Now taking face value, Jesus is saying, that through relationship with him and with his word, we can develop ourselves spiritually in such a manner that we never have another unanswered prayer. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, abide in him, that's the relationship and the word abides in you. That's the knowledge of God's word. That that brings truth to our understanding. If you do that, if you meet those qualifications, abide in him and his words abide in you. You shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Now folks, I don't want to change subjects here, but this is a perfect example of the authority that God gave mankind here on this earth. Let us make man after our own image, God said, and let him have dominion over the things, all the things that he had created. Jesus says that God is pleased and he's glorified that we get answers to our prayers or bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. When I first got to Rama in 1980, I was so intimidated because there were people primarily Brother Hagen, but others followed his example. But the things that Brother Hagen knew from having walked with God so long, it just intimidated me. And it was one of the things I had to come to terms with was how I viewed myself. I saw Brother Hagen live what he preached. And I heard the stories of the marvelous things that God did through him, how he used Brother Hagen in healing the sick and in other ways. And I looked at myself and said, it'll take me forever just to get to the place where Brother Hagen is.
And so it was a little bit discouraging, or the devil was bringing discouragement to me. I guess that's a better way to say it. And you come to scriptures like Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Be strong in the Lord. And scriptures like that had such an impact. But they always carried with them responsibility. I mean, I found the place where I could be taught the word. I found the place where I could fellowship with other people that were as hungry for God as I was. But just finding the place wouldn't get it done. Beth and I over the years have looked at the time that we spent with Brother Hagen. Folks, I, I don't, I'm not idolizing anybody. But Brother Hagen taught me to know God. There's nothing in this world that means more to me than that. And if we could create or recreate that same atmosphere here in this church, then the sky's the limit on what we can expect God to do and how we can expect him to use us. Now, when it tells us to put on the whole armor of God, it breaks down the different pieces of the armor. I want to focus on one for just a minute or two. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. The hardest part of this translation has to do with the belt of truth. There's really not any clear-cut or easy way to translate the belt of truth because no matter what we may be trying to communicate, as soon as you call it a belt... Is limited to whatever we believe they wore across their mid midsection. But it might be better, at least it helps me. Don't know if it'll help you or not. Since we know that the that truth is the key element, then we could say that this belt of truth 
is the most important of all the other pieces of the armor. It does, it helps me to think about this belt of truth. It's really like chain mail. It is like a small mesh chain that is worn underneath the other pieces of armor. And it has hooks in it at different places to support the other pieces of the armor. The greatest protection or the underlying protection is this chain mail and it signifies the truth of God's word. It gives us a standard of truth Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. These breastplates weighed a great deal. In some cases, up to 125 pounds. And that breastplate of righteousness was attached or had a, had a way to be attached to the chain garment that was worn now when we talk about being strong in the Lord or empowered or literally allowing God to put explosive power into our spirits through the knowledge of the word. We have to remember Abraham, who was strong in faith too. And it tells us of Abraham, the strength of his faith was twofold. One, he became fully persuaded that what God had promised he was able also to perform. But he wasn't always that way. You remember about a year before Isaac, the son of promise, was born. The angel of the Lord met with Abraham and talked to him about the promise God had made. And Abraham starts coming up with alternatives. 
he asked God to bless Ishmael. And God said that he would and has. But he wasn't persuaded at that point in time, at least. And he laughed at the words that the angel or the Lord had given to him about the son of promise. And it tells us the second characteristic of Abraham's strong faith, and that was that he glorified God for the answer before he could see it. I hope I say this the right way, but singing about your victory is the highest form or highest expression of faith that there is. And music transports you. You know as well as I do, you can be going along, minding your own business, and some song will come on the radio or somewhere, wherever, and it takes us back to when we remembered earlier in our lives that that song was introduced. The songs, in one sense, transports us back to where we knew the song earlier in our lives. But folks, when we start singing songs based on what the Word says, then we are transported, and I hope you understand what I mean by that, but it transports us to the victory that the Word says is ours, Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. It says this, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. When we start singing our victory songs based on what the Word says, based on the reality of truth, and our belief that God is able to do what He said, it, trans it transports a part of our lives in agreement with what God has declared. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Folks, all there is left for us to do is to make our confession on the word 
and to rejoice because of what God has promised us. There's really only two positions you can take in the middle of a, a, a fight when you're attacked to the devil. One is to stand, the other is to give up. Those are the only two positions that are available. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the devil in the evil day. Folks, there are some truths that I think we would be well served with recognizing I believe there are some last day weapons and operations that would serve us well, but even more so in the last days. One of the things that happened in 2020 with the lockdowns, you remember the discussion that people were having about uh, essential positions and activities. They first determined that the church was a non-essential operation. Folks, that had some kind of spiritual power behind it strategy behind it. That has weakened the church from that point in time to the present present day. Almost overnight, a great percentage of the church or a great percentage of Christians changed what they felt or believe about church and the importance that it plays or lack of importance for some in their own lives. One of the weapons of the last days is going to be your finances. I want to encourage you I want to encourage you to be settled on the issue of tithing. I know a lot of people go back and forth and have gone back and forth throughout their lives. And whatever it takes for you to come to the place where you know that you know that you know that you're doing the right thing, that you're doing what God wants you to It's the indecisive, it's the undecided 
that I believe will be open to the devil's attacks to a much greater measure than those who know what they believe and why they believe it. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. It wasn't just enough for Jesus to have those that believed on him. He desires, which means God's desire, is for us to grow in the knowledge of the word Again, because we've been created to be vessels or containers of God's explosive power. If the Bible means anything, if it means what it says, then God's looking for a church that's full of people that are full of his explosive power. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Any area of our life where we don't have freedom to its fullest measure is because there's some truth that we haven't gotten a hold of, or maybe we've heard it, but we haven't meditated on the scripture to the point where it's alive on the inside of us. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Let me close with 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and once more. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The word will show us what fortresses we have allowed to be built that negates the operation of the Word of God. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. It'll show us what strongholds we have, and it'll show us how to pull them down by the truth. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ.
the word of God and our relationship with Jesus by being made in him, in Christ. Brings us to the reality that we can change wrong reasonings and things that contain, that claim to be greater than the knowledge of God. Every problem we have, every issue that comes up, every attack that's made, we have the power and the ability to overcome. Let's pray. Father, we worship you. We thank you so much for your great plan of redemption. And Jesus, we thank you so much for carrying it out. Father, we ask you to reveal to us wrong thinking that we've allowed to build in our lives in our, in our, in, in our minds. Our desire, Father, is to pull down these strongholds so that we are a worthy vessel to be used by you in any way you see fit. Show us the wrong thinking that we have, Lord, so that we can correct it. Show us what we need to see so that we can be imitators of Jesus in the works that he did. Father, we're hungry to know you more. We are of that percentage. that desires to grow in spirit, to be used by the Holy Spirit. In these explosive operations of the Holy Ghost, We draw near to you, Father, through your word and through our relationship with you in Christ. Use us, Lord, as you see fit. Help us to bring healing and life and blessing to everyone we come in contact with. Show us, Father, who you've made us to be. In Jesus' precious name, amen.
Say it with me. The Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. Amen. God bless you, folks. We love you. Have a great week.